You're listening to The Brand Compass, conversations to navigate your way to building a brand fit for purpose and poised for success. Here's your host, Shelley Rosland. Hello, my friend, and thank you for choosing to listen to us today. Time is precious, and I really do appreciate your ear. This is the show where we have some deep chats in the hallways about where your brand meets the humans you serve. I'm Shelley Rosland, and I am your host on this journey, and I am chomping at the bits to get into our topic today, which is all about how it is possible to transition from a service-based business to a product-based one. So I'm really chuffed to welcome my guest today, who will be my conversation companion, and that is Tracy Pausnick, or Tracy P, as her friends call her. Tracy is a longtime friend and true powerhouse of a lady. Now, there's a bit of background as to why I have invited her specifically for this conversation, because up until a few years ago, she was mainly a service provider. But in 2019, she actually invented, designed and manufactured a completely different product unrelated to her service and brought that to market. So we're really lucky to have her come and chat to us today because she's generally run off her feet most of the time. (laughs) So (laughs) let's give you the background to Tracy so you can feel, get a feel for the context of bringing her into this conversation. And then we can jump right into the topic. So Tracy hails from a background running her L&D consultancy and training business, working with individuals and teams from businesses in hospitality, education, and also in professional institutions. Her specialism is in using emotional intelligence frameworks to drive engagement and maximize performance. However, in 2019, just before the pandemic hit, she came up with an idea for a product that she just couldn't find on the market. So she set about designing it, building a prototype, and today the product is out there in the marketplace. How exciting is that? But I'll let her tell you a bit more about that. So Tracy's married to Charles, has three adult children and two grandchildren. Wow. Okay. Welcome, Tracy. Whoa. (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) Shelley. Thank you for inviting me. No, it's all right. That's a lot of achievements all in, in one package that is Tracy P. Shall we kick off the conversation by asking you what we all really want to know more about? And that is what it is actually like inventing and creating a physical product. Wow. Well, if I had to just use two words, I'd say exciting and scary, probably in equal measures. But no, it's it's been the most amazing journey. It really has. There's a lot of self-doubt that comes along the way. You know, you do start to question yourself and think, actually, you know, is there a reason this product isn't out there? Is it because yeah. nobody really wants it? And that, that is even more so the case. It's daunting. As you're going through yeah. the process, it's really daunting because you touch the product so much as well mm. that you st- it starts to become very ordinary. And then there's that anticipation of, actually, when this lands into people's hands, what are they really going to think? Should we tell um, people what the product is but, that are listening? Because I actually haven't heard yeah, it. Should we do that? <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah. Should we do that? Should we do that? Tell us what so happened. How this, how this journey started, we got our very first dog. And as you said in the intro, and thank you, it was a lovely intro. <laughs> I'm very flattered. But as you said in the intro, I was busy delivering training courses to teams you know, up and down around the country. So usually very tra- smartly dressed. Um, <laughs> I suddenly decided to welcome a 
puppy into our house. Um, there were lots of people who knew me who said I was a bit of a neat freak and a perfectionist. And like, the hell is that going to work with a dog? I was like, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> and I have to say that did challenge that neat freakness part of me. You have a dog. You know what that's like. But one of the biggest things that I, I I really wanted to do with our new puppy was to incorporate enrichment toys into what kind dog. of what kind of dog was it? Because some dogs are more more prone. Yeah, so he he was a cockapoo. His okay. name was Scooby. Yeah, and we also we have Harvey the Springer Spaniel as well here now. So we I wanted to incorporate these toys. And the reason for that, if, if your listeners or anybody watching hasn't heard about enrichment toys, the idea is that you deliver your dog's food or treats in an enrichment toy because, as the word sort of really suggests, it makes the whole process more enriching for them. There's a big movement towards sort of ditching the bowl because the bowl, you know, your food just gets dished up every day. But for dogs, that's not their natural thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you can pop it into something exciting. Now, these enrichment toys, there are hundreds of them on the market, but they're notoriously tricky to fill because obviously they've got little holes for dogs to get their tongues into, which is great for dogs, but it's not brilliant when you're dressed up ready to go and deliver a training course (laughs) and you're trying to spoon food in. And I started this process and thought, crumbs, there's got to be an easier way to get dog food into these toys. Also, because at times I was going out for some a morning or a day session, I'd have people coming in to take care of our, our dog. I'd be leaving these, these toys in the fridge ready for whoever was popping in. And then it was like, ooh, do I really want these rolling around in amongst my leftover <laughs> lasagna from the night before? So some ideas started, the, the cog started to go. It's like, how can I make this easier? How can I make things you know, quicker for 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 myself and I came up with an idea for how I could fill these toys quite early on and I'm what there's got to be a way and I tried lots of different things was cobbling things together in my kitchen and I have to I have to admit I think I've I've reached a certain age Um, I I said to my parents I've got an idea and it was my mum who turned around and she said is this going to be another one of your ideas that you talk about and you don't do anything (gasps) that was like the biggest gauntlet thrown down on the ground so I um I thought no you know what I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this but as I said a, a really scary journey because if I had absolutely no background in 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 manufacturing so it's like well where do I start so effectively you know the the no fuss film is it's effectively a syringe, if you like, for delivering food quickly and easily without mess into a toy. Now that sounds really simple, but when you're looking at different viscosities of food, when you're looking at the range of food, dog food that's on the market, it's got to work with all of those products. Yeah, so uh, it, it, it is incredibly scary, but so, so rewarding. Oh. You know, when you see the product in your customers' hands or in people's hands and I don't know if you heard, but I've just been award-winning as a fi- <laughs> I know as a finalist in the Pet Industry Federation. Yeah, so the awards are next month, and I mean that that makes it all that, you know makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, and I mean this this whole bit is what we're going to dig into right now because you and I are very much like curious business bunnies, right? So like whenever we we talk to people, we generally jump to the business part of the conversation as opposed to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so 
So what I'm what I'm most curious about is because most of our listeners are subject matter experts, micro businesses, all service based businesses. Obviously, we'll have other listeners too. But I think yeah. what what do you think was a good crossover really of experience that you were able to kind of draw on from that service based business that actually served you well in helping to serve, you know, create that okay. product base. I I think the crossover for me was really my ability to build relationships with people. Ah, nice. As somebody, as someone who, yeah, I, I, I still am, if you like, on my own, running No Fuss Fill, but I needed to very quickly sort of network and reach out. So it was that ability to, I guess, very quickly, because, I mean, the thing with the product development is, you know, as soon as you start talking about it, and and that's the other thing I would say is that I knew that I needed to create an audience. And, you know, I can go on and talk to you about that in a bit, but I needed to create an audience. Yeah, but as soon as I started to create an audience and put other ideas out there, almost positioning the new product, yeah, where you're it became very apparent to me that somebody else was potentially going to get the idea. So yeah. I think you have to move really, really quickly. So for me, it was being able to think on my feet. It was to have that problem-solving skills. All of those things that I think, you know, as you were saying, you have listeners who are running, well, a lot so of them are running their own so, businesses. Yeah, yeah. You have to really act, act really quickly. And I think being able to course correct, and sort of look ahead and say, right, well, that was the plan, and then quickly readjust. So, yeah, so there were lots of crossover skills definitely that came, but, I mean, there was some huge, huge learning, huge learning curves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's what yeah, I want to kind of chew into now because now you can sit back and look back, right, and, and look at yeah. what, where your journey was. I mean, was there anything, and obviously it was a huge learning, massive learning jump yeah. to manufacturing, yeah. right? So. What would you say, you know, to Tracy, who was just starting out with the product, were there things that you felt like (laughs) you could have done first or you might have done something in a different order or you should have just left alone and focused on, do you know what I mean? Like, what were your learnings now looking back? I think it's, obviously, I I knew where I wanted the product to get to. But I think, you know, we all sort of say, well, we want it to be on the shelves at such and such store, but that's not going to happen for a little while. And I think probably should have although I had those goals I I was probably unrealistic in in my expectations for how quickly I'd get to them does that does that make sense I don't really explain that correctly I so I think does that come with experience though like because product stuff it really is about learning how long those lead times are and you know it wasn't so much the lead times it was the time it took for it to get traction and be interested yeah. by other parties yeah. that's what shocked me so i if i'm honest i didn't have my ducks in a row for for example retail is a really great one so when i initially started out when i was making these prototypes in my kitchen remember this was just for me <laughs> it was just it's just so that i didn't get dog food all over the counter and yeah, that. yeah then yeah. i had the gauntlets the gauntlets thrown down by my mum you know is this going to be an idea you have and i was like, <laughs> I, I like the way mum was the instigator of this business <laughs> sure yeah then there was the okay i'm just going to take this out to a, a b2c or uh, audience i don't want to be in shops and and if i'm honest it was because you know i, I don't i don't doing about shops you know how how do I do that whole, know, let me just stick at this yeah it was, it's a whole nother it was field. one yeah mm. it was one thing at a time so I think what I would 
So look, to get back to your question is, is to have had that very, very big goal in mind and to have worked out the strategic steps that needed to be get that and to have been making those little incremental steps to that. Because what actually happened was the product launched. Took a while for the product to launch, I'll be honest. The product launched, the interest started to, to build. And then all of a sudden I was having retail inquiries and I wasn't retail you ready. And you weren't ready, yeah. No. So all of a sudden, the packaging that was appropriate to be popped in a box and sent from me to a customer was fine. But I was being asked for packaging that was going onto shelves. And then when I thought, I've got that sus, it was like, you have got barcodes, haven't you? And I was like, yes, I've got barcodes. Of course, I I would race off and do that. Go find out where I get one of those. And then you've got... (laughs) Exactly. And so, so I think... You know, if you were in a bigger organisation, you'd have a team of people that would be doing all of these different jobs. So I think for me, I would say to everyone is, is build those networks, build a support team of people around you, know where you can go to, have some people that you can trust so that you can outsource some of these things, like the design work and the packaging. Yeah. But I think for, for like for us as businesses, right, one or two man businesses or under 10, right? You yeah. you may not have those people to hand, but like you say, it would be useful to have known, actually, I could have done with a product launch coach yeah. or someone who knew packaging was going to be an issue for homes versus retail, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. With, you know, with no experience of that, it was, I think, the first time, and don't get me wrong, you know, I'm pleased, I'm pleased with my packaging. It was a case of let's just get it out there. As I said at the beginning, I'm a bit of a perfectionist and there is that danger to hold on to something and hold on to it. But, but you've got to try. I'm like, if you don't try, how do you, you know? Have. It's got to be out there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. So a lot of it, a lot of it I'm happy with and it works. But I mean, the first time I was invited to go down and do a demonstration in a store where my products were, and it was like, yeah, I walked in. It was like, this is a proper grown up store, you know, with customers. And this is amazing. And then I looked across and I could see mine on the shelves. And I think as, as a business owner, you're always going to be the biggest critic. You know, a customer's and store owner said, packaging looks great. But I was like, oh, oh I just don't like that. Can I do that? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. And I mean, that, that nicely brings on to, I think, what, what I am interested in, but which, which people hopefully are also interested in listening is, okay, I don't have a lot of experience in terms of marketing products because I focus on service-based businesses, but I'm guessing that getting that real life feedback and input from, you know, the yeah. end user of the product is probably even more so important than it is for service-based businesses. Yes. So are you happy to share a few yeah. ways that you, you managed to actually get that? And I, yeah. I think you have some famous yeah, people no, I, with famous dogs that you might be able to. I, d- I might have, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Whatever, so, you, whatever you're allowed to share, so, obviously. <laughs> so, exactly. So, well, it, I mean, the feedback um, for the product had to start really early on. There was, you know, before I pressed the go button. Yeah. Is that around the prototype time? Is that around? Yeah, like, around okay. the prototype. So, yeah. So I really needed to have some people that could test the product prior to that. So if you like, it was it was a proof of concept stage. Nice, yeah. So for me, I... Um, I think I think one of my followers. So thank you very much. I you know I created um, an Instagram account. Started off, I just had my dog, had me, had no products. I was following. I had to borrow pictures of other people's dogs. <laughs> yes, I know. Thank you. 
<laughs> but it's it was really scary at the beginning because she was like, well, what, what could I talk to people about? As I said, I, I started off, I had the, the no fuss fill was the main product, hence the name of the business. And I thought, I've got to start talking to people about something. So created some products that could work well with it. Nice. Started to get those out, get people talking. Cre- created really created them the- or, sorry, sorry to interrupt, created them or sourced them? Because there's the licky pads and things like no, that. No, created them. No, no, no. What? So, I, so, you, so you, I created you're creating them. more than one product. I have more than one. I have more than one. So because because the no fuss fill is about filling toys and the challenge was it leaking in your fridge or being tricky to fill, I thought, well, you know what? I'll start with a rack, the prep rack, as it's called. Oh, that yes, I remember that. Toys in yes. the fridge so that they don't fall over. Nice practical Again, application, need freak. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. <laughs> But but I very nearly shot myself in the foot with that. And this is another lesson to be had about a timeline for a journey launch because I positioned that to attract the interest of the people that would then potentially be interested in the no fuss fill. But invertedly, by doing that, what happened was they, they started buying it, these fantastic followers of mine. They were popping it onto Instagram and this amazing user generated content. But what it was doing, it was making the actual filling of the, the these toys look so cack-handed, which is really what I wanted because I wanted to swoop in with my solution. But it, the time it took from me producing those products and people starting to create those videos and for for my products to come to market was, was a lot longer than I really anticipated it being because that's the other thing, to bring a product to market takes that time. It takes time, yeah. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm just I'm highlighting the challenge to other people. Somebody's going to get in there first. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was, that was a bit of a scary point in the business when I thought all I'm doing now is showing people how tricky it is to fill with a spoon. Quick, get the product out there. Yeah. So coming back to the followers, yeah, I've, I feel very lucky. I had a, a, a fantastic sort of following of, of people. But I have to say, if I go back to what we were talking about earlier about nurturing relationships, I've really got to know everybody. And I feel that, you know, now I've got quite a lot of followers. Do I know all of them personally? No, but there's a really huge chunk who I view now as friends. Oh, and I think that's lovely. one of people often say to me, People often say to me, you know, what, how did you do this? And I, I've, I view it as if, if, you know, any of your listeners have a store or they pay to go to an exhibition or they go to a convention within their field, you wouldn't ignore anybody who walked up to you on your exhibition stand. Exactly. You wouldn't ignore anyone who mm. walked into your store. And so it's exactly the same. Anyone who has followed me has had a welcome and they've had a personal welcome from me. And thank you for following. I've chatted about their dogs. It's taken a lot of time, but it's been lovely and it's enabled me to get to know the followers. So when I came to the point of having prototypes, it was very, very easy for me to to reach out to a selection of those followers and say, look, I'm launching a product would you be interested in testing? Those prototype testers then became true ambassadors and now I see as real sort of advocates of the product. Wow. And, you know, put it when I sort of gave them that release and said, actually, you can start talking about it now. You know, you can put some content out there if you like. Just the response was incredible. I mean, there was one lady who was uh, 
uh, she's a behavioralist and a dog trainer. Pops ah. something onto TikTok Good. with, I think, 15,000 likes. I think there's something like 9 million views, and there were 238 comments that came in from the States. Oh, the crap. Of <laughs> are you ready for in global? <laughs> no, and that's and that's the other thing. I talk, and that's when I say to you about, you know, be ready, because I didn't, I hadn't anticipated what this would happen. And I think that's the thing with, you know, as we say, with social media, you're out there and you've got a global audience. But I, so, but I think what's really lovely there, Tracy, that you've highlighted is how important that building of community, especially in this day and age, you know, there's so much nonsense going on in the world. There's so much disingenuous stuff going on in the world. The dog community is a really good community, I think, in general. I find, like, you know, the people are a lot friendlier, more open to conversation. They are a lot more curious. Yeah. And I think they do want to help each other because everyone knows. It's almost like having kids, isn't it? Like, there's always struggles with your dog. I think it, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think coming I'm glad together. I'm not the only one. <laughs> hey, you're not the only one. Mine's, yeah. mine's not quite as bouncy as yours. But, yes, but, yeah. I, but I think what was a really lovely key learning there is to always build that community. And how, I think that's really important, even for service-based. It's still, like you say, those relationships, <laughs> yes, in the beginning, it might take a lot of time. But honestly, the momentum and the traction you get yeah. from that going yeah. forward, like everybody just like, oh, have you seen the No Fuss Full? And have you seen Tracy? Yeah. You know? And I th- I think that's the thing. Everybody's very, I, I, I mean, I really do feel very, very privileged to have such amazing followers. And, you know, people will say to me, I mean, you asked the question, do I have any famous uh, yes. people who the No Fuss Fields? Yes, I do. Do I have any really top high-flying influencers? Actually, do you know what? The, I, I think it's dependent like on what your, your definition of influencer is, you know? It, absolutely. Mm. And that's what I was going to say. For me, it's, it's about having, if you like, a, a core group of people and this has happened organic really that have similar values who are speak the same language as me yeah and and who are open and sharing and caring and that was what was more important for me Hmm. so those people have have sort of like come into my life quite generically and I've helped develop them as much as they've helped to develop me and they've come back and said that this has given me a platform to be able to sort of talk about products because good, like good advocates, like a good advocates for you are, like you said, the, you know, when, when we, um, in my group program, we have a whole almost mini course within my group program all around these target audiences. And one of the audiences, as we mm. talk about, are your advocate audiences. And this is the key thing because yeah. Kim Kardashian to me is not an influencer, <laughs> but that's because I'm not her audience. But it's very dependent yeah. on what you see as your, you know, who are your advocates. And I think great advocates for you are obviously, you know, the, the dog trainers, the behavioralists, the naturalists as well, the stuff that sits with your core values. Yeah. But also, yeah. you know, it's it's just looking within your industry to go, actually, who are good people to know about the product firsthand, you know, yeah. and therefore yeah. if you win them over, it's it's nothing for them to talk about you because that word of mouth yeah. is still hugely valuable, isn't it? Yeah. And I, and I would... I would not feel comfortable if I had somebody who was being paid, for example, no. to talk about my product and say it was great. That doesn't sit with well with no. me. You know, I want people who genuinely want to use the product. Yes, I get people who reach out to me and say, do you want to send us a product and we'll do something nice about it? It's like, well, actually, I've already got a lot of people who've already bought it, have um, said what well, So, so if you'd like it, it you're welcome to buy it and try <laughs> it. <laughs> no, I think that's that's really good, though. 
because I, I, yeah, and I think I think you passed the point it's all about being authentic. But I think you also passed that point now. You've done your proof of concept. You yes. know the product's good. Yes, you yeah. you don't have yeah. to answer queries like yeah. that. I think that's lovely. Yeah, yeah. So when you was going back to that famous person, so when Deborah Messing, Deborah Messing from Will and Grace, oh sent yes, a private DM. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> said, "How do I get one of these?" I was like. But that I was, did a little happy dance. But that was really early on, wasn't so, it? Deborah Messing, that was really it was. early on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, I think if you saw on my Instagram, I had one of uh, the current Strictly Come Dancing pros, uh, Karen, who has uh, three rescue dogs. And she came oh. and saw me at Dog Fest and said, oh, I, I really want to have one of your local oh. stores. And she pre-ordered it. I, I, I had people pre-ordering it before. We'd built enough if you like excitement yeah. through social media yeah. oh, that wonderful. people pre-ordered. So wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. So where are you now in the business? Like how are you? I know everything's still always chaotic, but I think you're on a different level of chaos now where certain things are probably in place. <laughs> but not not where you want yeah. them to be, but I think you're far off better than you were two years ago. Well as no, absolutely. I mean I think everything has gone far much far quicker than I said. You know, when I put an initial business plan together it was, you know, in five years, I might consider going into retail, but for now, you know, it's like, okay, we're in retail. Um, and I think that was really driven by, it, it was driven by community and demand, but also it's driven by you know, investment that I had in tooling. You know, unfortunately, we're in a world, my product is protected to the hilt, but we're in a world where people will copy yeah. and do things. Yeah. And it was uh, being first to market, it was really a case of, you know, one, that's very exciting, but two, it's like, yeah, let's just get it out there. And so when, you know, when the interest was coming and the reason retail started was because I was having interest from around the world, which, really which is now. hard. But she got a scratch off map. Yeah. And so it was like, I can't service all of those people or it would be challenging for me to service those people here from the UK with just one. But if I get it onto a wholesale market and have retailers in these other countries, which is what I have now. Good Lord. We could have another episode just on logistics and globalization. <laughs> oh, don't even talk about <laughs> export. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's another conversation for sure. What's it like? What, I mean, are you doing a lot of the service-based stuff still? Are you still doing that business or are you too excited now? <laughs> are you like... I'm, well, I'm leaving this other world. I'm like absorbed. It's, it's yeah, it's it's a really funny one. You know, I for a long while on LinkedIn, I kept one profile up. <laughs> and I was like, at what point do I go? I've got a dog business now. And that's a really... It's difficult. I, I think that's it? an interesting one. Mm. It is. It's like, do you wear two hats? Does, does wearing two hats dilute your... <laughs> Your, um, I mean, like- we, we need to have a conversation off this episode all about that, don't we? Because we actually haven't <laughs> looked at your business yeah. in a while because you've been in testing mode yeah. and manufacturing and selling. But yeah. I think for everybody listening, I think that's a big challenge for everybody, isn't it? Like, what if I have my yeah. fingers in a few different pots? And what if they're completely unrelated pots? Yeah. How the heck do I deal with that? But yeah, I would say there is a way to do yeah. it because just think about it going forward now. And I've been listening to quite a bit of like Simon Sinek's content. Uh, lately is you know our world has changed so you almost have a portfolio mm. career now no matter what age you are because it used yeah. to be only when you you know you were set out to posture mm. 
and you became a non-exec of a directing of a company. Yeah. But now that's not yeah. true, actually. Younger and younger now, you have a portfolio. Yeah. So, like, it's almost like how do you do it in a way that's authentic to you? But also, like you say, you don't yeah. want to mix your messaging. You don't want to confuse your audience. Like, no. what is this person doing? <laughs> yeah. So so to answer that question, without a doubt, no fuss fail is taking Much more the majority of, your time. of my time. Mm-hmm. But... So I'm not actively looking for the service business side. for yeah. the other for the other business. However, I have and there's one particular client that I've worked with for a particularly long while. I love working with, and yeah, and it, it's interesting. I think I bring something different to that business now, having gone through this. Well, a lot of insight now as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I think so. I think also there's never really a an end an end point because the thing is you have evolved as an entrepreneur and we will just let everybody know that you have actually won an award as a female entrepreneur um what thank you do you want to just do you want to just tell us um is that sandra garlic so it's sandra garlic it was i won the i won the woman who award so sandra runs and it's it's national now national awards it's different categories and i was nominated for the woman who achieves in retail i got my certificate on the wall in retail and products wonderful and yeah it was I, I have to say that's I mean that if I could leave your listeners with anything it's it's that whole process you know being nominated the person who nominated me kept saying have you completed the form yet have you completed the form no I'm too busy I'm too busy but do you know what well I and, it, and that was the trouble it does it takes time to complete these things but just the process of completing it and writing down and actually taking that time to reflect on the journey that I'd been on was incredible. And I would, that would, one of the things I would say to anybody is, is document your journey or take that time to look back and reflect. And I mean, it's a bit when you, when you read the little bit at the beginning, I was like, oh, she's talking about me. <laughs> because you get so tied up in the business that you, well, personally, I hadn't taken the time to stop and reflect and think, well, look, where have I come from? You know, I didn't even know what uh, half of the words spark eroding you know who knew what that term was I know about spark eroding in manufacturing now and this you know I've had to learn a whole new language my goodness <laughs> me. so yeah oh no that's brilliant yeah. have you got any um because while we're on we're busy recording now in October 2022 so obviously if anybody listens to us after yeah. that it's not going to be relevant but are there any particular uh, big events that you go to that is coming up maybe in the next year or so that you're going to that maybe people could come and see you? Yeah, well, definitely that's already in the book. I'm or on the books is I'm at Edition Dog Live, which will be at Stonely, which is fairly local to where we are, which is quite nice. What's and it called? Dog Edition? Of- dog Edition Dog. Oh, Edition, edition Dog. <laughs> so Edition Dog is a, is a magazine. It was a publication and they're having a live event. So this will be my second time attending there. I'll probably be attending some of the dog fests next year as well, which are I don't even, I don't even know about this um, world other than crufts, right? So I'm like learning. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, I, 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 do you know what? I went to crufts last year and I had a look, and it's quite I high end, isn't it? Well, I haven't actually been, so but it feels I like think it it's is. looking at. It comes back. To, it's about choosing choosing your niche. Yeah. And I think it's looking at where your customers hang out. Mm. And for sure, they're at Crufts. But I know that my particular niche will spend more of their time at those other events. That's so good. I will be there. I was there last year. I had two days. Um, I set up a competition. I, I hid the um, 
the knobs that go on the end of my no fuss feel around crofts and people had to find them and I set up an nice. Instagram challenge oh. and so they had to find all three colors oh that's gonna that's gonna feed into the geo geocachers out there right the ones who like to find buried treasure yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> just like dogs <laughs> nice I mean god we could just talk forever can't yeah. we so I've had so yeah. much fun chatting to you today, uh, Tracy. But so we talked about where they can find you in real life. But is there anywhere that um, yeah. you'd like to direct people to find out more about No Fuss Full? Sure. Thank you for that. Um, so obviously, website, which is www.nofussful.com. And if you hop on to Instagram and any of the socials, it's again, same name, No Fuss Phil. And that's where you get to see the products showcased and you get to see my fabulous followers with their brilliant <laughs> user-generated content. Yeah, and lots of <laughs> videos. you fills me with huge pride. And you're very yeah. good at your reels and your practical you know, application of things. It's, I, I love watching your content. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. Oh. Again, huge learning curve. <laughs> <laughs> but it all works. Thank you so much for joining me today, Tracy. Yeah. It's been Thank so, you. It's Thank been, you for inviting uh, me. No problem. It's been so long since we had a good chat like that. So I always come away like really energized when I spent time with you because you're just a really superb role model for female entrepreneurs and your genius and your light is much needed in the world. So please continue. Wow. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. And likewise yours. Thank you, Shelley. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. That's it for this episode, folks. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to us today. So I don't know about you, but this episode has just filled up my cup of joy. I don't know what you think, but I just want to go and design something now, scarily enough. Now, who do you know that could do with listening to Tracy's story today? So please do go and share this episode. You know you want to. So until next time, stay strong, believe you have value and make good brand decisions. Thank you for listening to The Brand Compass. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with your entrepreneurial friends and help them make good brand decisions. Until next time, let's keep the conversation going at ShellyRosland.com.